Amen. Amen. Good morning. It is a great morning to be here. Again, good to see each of you. Been on a journey for a bit. We're going to wrap this series up this week. Uh, we're going to continue the journey, though, with each other. Um, I want to wrap this series up. Um, you good with that, buddy? Yep, you got it. Mm-hmm. So it is... Uh, I, I like teaching this series. It's, it's great. I like to end almost where we started. I want to talk about relationship mainly again, and the, but I want to hit all of the ships we've talked about. And this morning, I want us to talk about um, the difference between involvement and commitment. I've actually got a, another sermon I do uh, on involvement and commitment, and I've told you the story before, but involvement's very important. If you're involved in church, whatever you're involved in, that's important. It's great to be a part of something. But when you get committed, when you're committed to something, then everything changes. There's a big difference between involvement and commitment. When students are committed, they learn better. When teachers are committed, they teach better. When Christians are committed, they serve better. And I like to compare it to something I do know a little bit about, which is breakfast. I know a little bit about food, and I like to specifically compare it to an egg and bacon breakfast. Because both involvement and committed are represented there. The chicken was involved in that breakfast. But the pig, he was committed. In order to commit, you've got to give something up. We have to give something up. There's got to be a piece of us, pieces of us that we give up. For something bigger than us. And I'm going to start out. I'm going to read scripture this morning. And I'm going to read from Galatians 2. And I'm going to read verses 19 and 20. For through the law, I died to the law. So that I might live to God. I have been crucified with Christ. And it is no longer I who live. But it is Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. And this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for... Thank you so much for allowing us to be in relationship with you. Lord, thank you for all that you do in our lives. Lord, I just pray that as we study this scripture, Lord, that we commit ourselves to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, we're going to continue and kind of wrap this series up. We've talked about several ships. We started with relationship. Then I think we went to worship, discipleship, fellowship, leadership, and stewardship. This morning, as we go through this, again, I'm mostly going to talk about relationship. We're, each one of these is going to be brought back up. We're going to talk about each one of them. And as I think about this, I, I think about John 3.30. You know, when, when you think about giving yourself up and what people should see in you, 
John 3.30 says, he must become greater, I must become less. So when people look at me, they should see less of Stacy and more of him. I've got a saying, I, I, I think that when people look at me, I want to see more of grace and less of Stace. So when they see me, they see God working through me. Not the, not the person that I am that has flaws, but the person who I serve who is perfect. And in order to do this, I want to talk about seven steps to building relationships. Seven steps to building a relationship with one another. And then I want to talk about building a relationship with God through these ships that we've been talking about for several weeks. See, the seven steps that I have for building a relationship is very important. And stay with me. I'm going to relate this to our spiritual lives. I want to relate this to our, our, our lives with Christ. But to, in order to know somebody, the first thing you do is meet them. You can't know somebody without meeting them. Well, now with some technology, I guess we can get to know people. But eventually, to really know them, you've got to physically meet somebody. You can't. One thing that I have learned when I came here and as I've been serving here for a few years is I did know some people in this community. I've known some people in this community for a long time. Some of us have so many mutual friends, I don't know how our paths didn't cross. We, uh, we see that and I actually talked to a lady yesterday who has some connections here and it's just like, how did we not know each other? You know, it's just, but the thing about it is, other people's connections to God can't save you. The only way to be saved is for you to have that initial meeting with God. But the first thing, if you're building a relationship with individuals, you've got to have a meeting. And there has to be communication. The second step is you have to talk. If you want to build a relationship with somebody, you have to talk. You have to meet them, then you have to communicate. You have to talk, you have to listen. That's what communication is. It's not just talking. It's also listening. You've got to talk to each other which was really tough for me. I was really shy growing up. I'll never forget when Ron and I started dating. Uh, I was still shy. I got over it. I'd run out of stuff to say sometimes. And what I really learned was, you know, after a while, and I've told this to guys that are shy too, when they start dating, if you have something to say, just look at your date. Just tell her she's beautiful. And then that starts a conversation. She smiles, everybody's happy, and then you can get going. So that, the right answer is, hey, if you can't think of anything to say, compliment somebody. Say something good about them. As you're getting to know somebody, you have to communicate. And the other thing is, you've got to know a little bit about them. You've got to gain some knowledge about them. It's easy to do today. Everybody puts their whole life on Facebook and other things. And some of it's true, I've heard. But, but no, everybody lives their life. So we can get to know people and get to know other people who know them. But you've got to talk to them. You've got to gain some information. You'll probably even talk to some people that know them. It's the way you gain information about people that you're trying to get to know. Matter of fact, when you talk to other people, they'll tell you what they think about that person. And the other thing is, too, if they study anything or read anything, you can see that, too. You see, the first four steps of this relationship, building is fairly easy. It's fairly easy, that, to, to do these four. And these steps were involved. These steps to build a relationship were involved, but we haven't started to commit yet. 
The fifth step is you tell your friends about them. If you meet somebody that you really, really like, you start telling people about them. And then you have the sixth step is you start sacrificing your time to be with them, to be more, to be with them more. Whether it's a relationship uh, where you're dating, or if it's a relationship one of your golf buddies, whatever, you start spending more time with them because it naturally happens. And then the seventh step is where it really, really gets to commitment. You start sharing your resources. You got to spend time and money on mutual interests. Comparing it to dating, it's roses and ice cream. I like ice cream better. Neither one of them lasts long enough, but ice cream tastes better. But now these same seven steps, I want to relate them to our relationship with Christ. Again, the first step, if you're going to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, the first step, if you're going to become a Christian, is you have to meet Jesus. You have to meet Jesus. You have to have an experience. You have to have an experience where you come to not only know about Jesus, but to know Jesus and to love Jesus. You see, you can talk to a whole lot of people who have a relationship with Jesus, but their relationship is not going to save you. The only thing that will save you is your relationship with him. Again, this is the most important step, but oftentimes we think about it being the final step. It's the most important step, but it's not over there. It's the first step. You see, we're Christians now, but our journey has just begun. Our journey lasts a long time. One of the things that got me into youth ministry, and one of the things that, that kind of directed my youth ministry, was the fact that sometimes I think we look at this first step as being the final step. And I'll never forget when I was in youth ministry, when people would mess up, when kids would mess up, or when they got to be young adults, they would mess up, and people look at each other and say, well, at least they're saved. And I'm thinking, you know what? Praise the Lord, they're saved, but man, eternity's a long time, and it starts now. If we don't start introducing people to a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ, then people will never actually commit. Again, this first meeting is very important. The second step to building a relationship with Christ is communication. It's prayer. It's reading his word. Again, the first step is asking him to be your savior. And then reading his word and praying to him to say, hey, what's next, Lord? How can you use me? We have to know what his word says. And we have to apply that word to our lives. And we have to continually be in prayer. I'm trying to be more diligent in prayer. I have been for the last few years now. What I realized when I, I was called to, to be a pastor is I didn't pray enough. I'm like, I didn't pray enough because when I thought the Lord was calling me, which I kind of battled that for a little bit, I started praying and praying and committed myself. I, I read a book and, it's, and, and I realized I need to pray more and more and more. And you know what I realized after I prayed more and more and more? I need to still pray more. You've heard people say, I'm all prayed up. I have never been all prayed up. 
If you want to build a relationship with Jesus Christ, you have to talk to him. And you have to listen. The fourth step kind of goes along with the third step. It's Bible study. If we want to know Jesus Christ, we have to know who he is by studying scripture. We have to realize, we have to realize what he's calling us to do. We have to know what his word says. We have to apply that word to our life. See, this, journey, this part of the journey directly relates to discipleship we talked about a couple weeks ago. To grow our relationship with Jesus, we have to have discipleship. We have to follow his word. We have to follow what he's done in our lives. To grow our relationship with Christ, we have to talk to him. We have to listen to him. The fifth step. But still, after the fourth step, yeah, we've, we're Christian. We've begun our journey. We're starting to grow spiritually. We're talking to God. We're, we're listening to God. We're starting to grow. But now we're on a journey to be more like Christ. The first four steps, yeah, we're getting to know Christ, but have we really committed yet? The fifth step, we start to tell others about him. We're all called to be evangelists. We're all called to tell people what Christ is doing in our life right now. This step relates to our voyage in two ways. It's still an example of discipleship, but it's also an example of leadership. To be Christian leaders, we have to know how to lead people to Christ. Sixth step, as we grow spiritually, we've now begun to fellowship with God. And instead of, um, instead of continually doing worldly things and thinking about ourselves, we start thinking about God and how we can help other people. This step shows that we've matured enough spiritually to share some things with him, to share a calendar with him. To share our time with him. And we realize that we need even more. If we're going to fully commit our lives to Christ, we need to even be more diligent about building this relationship. You see, now we're ready to start sharing our resources that already belong to him. While this step does include finances... And we talked about stewardship last year, or last week. It, it still relates to our time. It relates to our time. It, it relates to taking everything we have and put it in the care of God. All of our good stuff, again, all of our good stuff came from him anyway, but even our messy stuff, even the stuff we think that can't be fixed, the stuff that we think cannot be any good, we give it to God, and he can do some amazing things. It's what Romans 8.28 tells us. It's to give it all to him. And if we're doing his will, if we're in his will, he's going to do something great with it. He's fixed some big messes that I've started. When we hand it to him, when we hand those things to him, he can make something beautiful. If you look at the most beautiful piece of pottery that you've ever seen, it started out as clay. It started out as dirt. See, God's still shaping us into who we want to be, or who he wants us to be.
But when we start committing and we start spending our time and our resources with Christ, then that shows that we are becoming truly committed. You see, through these seven steps, now we're, we're starting to worship. There's another ship. We're starting to worship. We're starting to have a committed relationship with Jesus Christ. What do I mean by we're, we've started? I said there were seven steps, right? That's the seventh step. Hey, the beauty is we're just getting started. The beauty is we can't finish it. We have to allow God to finish it in our lives. What do I mean by just getting started? I told you there were seven steps. And now I say, hey, what's next? The next thing we've got to do is commit to becoming more like Jesus Christ every day. We've got to commit to each of these steps. We've got to commit to every one of them. You see, the journey lasts the rest of our lives. Eternity is a long time. You see, with love and worship and commitment, we, we repeat steps two through seven over and over. That what steps two through seven needs to be what our life is about. You see, this daily devotion and continued worship of Christ will build an amazing committed relationship that will last forever and ever. Relationship, worship, discipleship, fellowship, leadership, and stewardship. To be who God wants us to be, we have to work on these all the time, every day. To stay in relationship with Christ and to be who Christ wants us to be, we have to be committed to these. As we've gone through this series, I've related these back to Wesleyan's means of grace. I'm going to do the same thing today. But first, I'm going to tell you about three steps that John Wesley talked about. That sound really simple. Do good, do no harm, stay in love with God. Do good, do no harm, stay in love with God. First, do good. What I've learned with working for kid, with kids for so many years, if you give kids something to do, they'll usually do the, what they're supposed to do. It's when they get bored. It's when they don't have anything to do is when they get distracted. So work on what we're supposed to be doing. Then do no harm. Do no harm. Don't, don't, don't look to harm anybody. Don't harm the people that we love and the people who are like us and don't harm the people that we are not like us. But those two are fairly simple. The part that really takes a commitment and what I've been talking about today is stay in love with God. Stay in love with God. Things happen. Distractions happen, temptations happen, life happens. And sometimes that stay in love with God, that's why we need to repeat steps two through seven daily. And again, if we're practicing these steps, we can, we can see how we're doing when we look at John Wesley's means of grace, works of piety. Individual practices of works of piety are reading, meditating, studying the scriptures, praying, fasting, and reg regularly worship worshiping. Healthy living and sharing our faith with others. 
Those are individual practices. Communal practices, the things that we should be doing together, are regularly sharing the sacraments, Christian conferencing, which means coming together, and Bible study. And then there's works of mercy. And those individual practices are doing good works. Visiting the sick. Visiting those in prison. Feeding the hungry. And giving generously to those in need. And then together we seek justice. Community, we seek justice. We end oppression. And we address the needs of the poor. If you notice, that's in individual and communal practices. That makes it very important. See, the biggest thing we need to be doing is making disciples. Making disciples. It's part of our mission. Growing congregations. Transforming the world. You see, that's all a part of the spiritual adventure, the spiritual journey that we're on. It's about transformation. And I'm telling you, the world is a big place. It's hard to transform the world. But it starts here. It starts with our hearts. If our hearts can be transformed, then we can touch the life through Christ. If we touch lives of just a handful of people, and they touch lives of a handful of people, some amazing things can happen. I want to close this morning by asking a couple questions. First one is, have you begun this journey? Do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ? If you don't, if you haven't made that commitment, I'd like to invite you to do that today. Again, it's the most important decision you'll ever make. Or maybe you're like me, you've been on this journey for a while, you need some reassurance, you need some encouragement. I pray that you receive that encouragement today. If anyone needs me to pray with them, I'd love to, to pray with you. If you need to call me, you can call me anytime. My phone is always on. And Ricky says it's 368-4186. That's exactly right, Ricky. 865-368-4186. All right. Just remember, we're on this journey together. I'm committed. I'm committed to you. But most of all, I'm committed to spreading the word and mercy of Christ. Remember, I love you. God loves us more than we can even imagine. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for, for guiding our journey. Lord, I pray that each person here or each person that may be listening online, Lord, if they don't have a relationship with you, Lord, they, they commit themselves to a relationship with you, Lord, they accept you as their Lord and Savior, Lord. And for those of us who've been on the journey a while, Lord, I just pray that we look for you to direct our course. Lord, we pray. And we think we prayed enough, we pray more. Lord, we read your scripture. We study your word, and when we think that we've done it enough, Lord, I pray that you give us strength to keep going. What I've realized, Lord, is the more you teach me, the more I need to know. Lord, continue to teach us. Continue to guide our paths. In Jesus' name, amen.